blossoming, blossoming moment. A warm welcome everyone to season two, to Today I'm Alive. I'm your host, Margaret Aberdeen. I trust you all had a fantastic weekend and are raring to go as this magnificent new year continues to blossom. As you know, I am not officially qualified to give any professional advice whatsoever. Though I have some background in psychology and have studied cognitive behavior therapy, I am only speaking of my insights and learnings from my personal experiences and transformation. Before moving on, I would like to point out that in the previous episode, Say Good Riddance to Habital Goals, I mispronounced the name of that captivating book I kept on rumbling about. The correct pronunciation is Ikigai, not Ikidai. Sorry, I was still in my high status of festive season holiday, hibernation, meditation, rejuvenation. Now let me repeat the correct pronunciation again. Ikigai, spelled I-K-I-G-A-I. Okay, now that I've got that out of the way, let's get on the path of what I wish to share in today's podcast as the new year continues to blossom. For those who listened to the previous podcast and are getting rid of those nuisance habitual goals, I will be sharing how you can find passion in doing what you love. Particularly for those who have been through traumatic situations and think they will never be able to create the life they want. During my ritual early morning walk around the river, after I finished off my morning routine with 30 minutes of meditation alongside the river, I remained seated, observing the stream of water flowing. I glanced up at the sky and noticed a group of clouds gently gliding by, similar to my thoughts as they emerged like the sunrise. With a smile gracing my face in this state of being, reflecting on my journey, where I have been, where I am now, and passionately doing what I love. This state of being was not foreseeable. As a child, I suffered abuse. I did not feel love. I often felt lonely. In my adulthood, I seriously considered suicide after an ex-partner almost killed me, which instigated the tragic loss of my second son and home, followed by brain and kidney cancerous tumours. I was anxious to switch my life off, to no longer exist in this dark, horrendous, brutal world. As my thoughts continued to flow like clouds in the sky, these questions surged into my mind. What is it that makes those hard moments, the dark nights and endless struggles worth the fight? What is it then that brings meaning to life? The truth is, Everyone, everyone hopes they will avoid the worst life has to offer. Accident, illness, loss or violence. Unfortunately, these traumatic experiences feel like the end of the world and may unavoidably cause great suffering. But at the same time, talking from personal experience, trauma can also be a powerful force of awakening for positive change and amazing personal transformation. 
As you may imagine, dealing with trauma and transformation is not easy. It is a long, long process and it truly is a death leading to a rebirth. In other words, the old you die and the new you are born. I learned that transformation happens to people for a higher purpose. When we look back into history, some of the most remarkable leaders who have made a massive contribution to the world had some of the most transformative life experiences, like Nelson Mandela, Abraham Lincoln, and Maya Angelou, to name but a few. The suffering that resulted from their traumatic experiences was not an endpoint. Instead, it acted as a catalyst, pushing these people to change for the better. Researchers define this as post-traumatic growth, that despite the physical pain they suffered and the daily struggles they faced, their lives were unquestionably better today than before their traumatic experiences. Trauma sent them on a path they never would have found otherwise. Saying those words, let me pause and take a couple of deep breaths. Bear with me. I'm getting goosebumps because they are deeply resurrected in my mind, body and soul, as that is exactly what happened to me following my traumatic experiences. What I know for sure is that for me, they were my pillar of strength. My teachers, they helped me find meaning in life and my life purpose. Oh, this reminds me of one of my favorite quotes from Victor Frank's book, Man's Search for Meaning. The existence of life is to suffer. To survive is to find meaning in suffering. Was it easy? No. And there were times when I suffered through dark nights of the soul and felt isolated and alone. And yet, I discover that I am resilient, courageous and creative and willing to consciously take the steps to find the meaning of my suffering. To live joyful and peaceful and to do what I passionately love. I am sure if you have had a traumatic experience, you can do the same. Tell your story and inspire others. I know after trauma that you may feel alone and that the world is coated in darkness. But as time pursues, depending on how you choose to react, you will gradually see the light. Seriously, everyone has a story, a message or a solution from their life experiences whether traumatic or not. The world is rapidly changing. We are living in an information age. People have a great need for guidance, mentoring and coaching. And you, yes, you can make a massive difference in their life by sharing your journey as to how you embrace trauma. And give birth to a stronger version of yourself, found peace and happiness within, manage to smile again, there is no limit, no limit to how many people search for and need your knowledge and information. Now, to directly answer those inquisitive thoughts that emerged earlier in my mind. What is it that makes those hard moments, the dark nights and the endless struggle worth the fight? What is it then that brings meaning to life? The answer is pretty clear.
Finding your purpose, your bliss, your sense of being, as stated in the little book, Ikigai. I am hooked on. It helps you find a reason for living. Especially now that you have listened to the previous episode, Say Good Riddance to Habital Goals, which may have had you mentally constipated and prevented you from finding your passion in doing what you love. Remember, the present is all that exists and it is the only thing you can control. Now that you are free and in your state of consciousness, it's time to set your new intentions as to what you want to do in 2023 to create the life you want. I'm sure you've heard the old saying, do what you love and you will never work a day in your life. In many ways, this saying is true. Hosting Today I'm Alive, writing my second book, coaching, embracing the changes in my life and sharing insights and learning from my personal experience and transformation is what I passionately love doing to inspire others. Guess what? It actually doesn't feel like work and it is something I enjoy doing, especially when I am doing it from my heart. Now, with the list of seven ways to say good riddance to habitual goals, here are five steps to find passion and do what you love. Number one, what makes you tick? Remember back when you were a kid, you would just do the things that excite you, the games you played, the books you read. Yes, what makes you feel fully alive? What lights you up and sends shivers down your spine? What gives you energy just thinking about it? What makes you eager to leap out of bed each morning? You could also think about what makes you angry and frustrated. For me, it was abuse, especially against women. As a child, I witnessed countless, countless times my mother being abused by my father. And now, now I'm a domestic abuse advocate and speaker and I've been granted many awards for my resilience in using my traumatic experiences as a bridge to help others. Number two, make it meaningful and fun. Your job shouldn't just be a source of income. If you don't enjoy what you do, you will end up missing out on your life. Of course, not every area of work is a noble world mission, but that doesn't mean you cannot have fun. Even if you're your own boss or working for someone else, design a workplace vision board, set deadlines to accomplish your intentions, put colorful stickers or highlighters when you have accomplished one of your intentions, praise co-workers and yourself and give them and yourself a reward. During the festive season, I did some voluntary work at a warehouse, packing food that cannot be sold and would go to waste from various shops and suppliers to be delivered to charities and vulnerable people. Oh, I had so much fun as a group of us volunteers got together and competed with each other to see how much food we can pack in an hour. Number three, find passion and fulfillment in your purpose. You didn't come here to be bored or do nothing. Your life is a life story. Embrace the challenges, struggles, pain and possibilities that come with it. 
Feeling what you're doing is valuable and has an impact on others. Think of your life as a book. See your life in chapters. You, yes, you can rewrite your life story. Loving what you do also means being able to push through some challenges when things don't go as planned. Hands up to that. Several times I had writer's block and horrendous technical hiccups during podcast recordings. But because of the burning, passionate desire and commitment to share what I have learned and I'm learning from traumas, nothing, nothing like a blustery gain storm can hold me back. Number four, you won't feel bored or burnt out. If you love what you do, there will be so many new opportunities and ways to grow. When you love what you do, you will stay motivated and are less likely to get burned out or bored because of how excited you are about it. And every day, yes, every day is a new opportunity for something different. Oh, one of the greatest joys of doing something you love is creating your destiny to make it a reality. Number five, connect to nature. This last step is possibly the most important one. Being connected to nature produces a feeling of well-being and renewal in us. And therefore, it is vital for our self-growth. Our relationship with nature, like our relationship with other people, is a source of deep feeling of belonging. Yes, we are social beings, but that does not mean we only need to build relationships with other people. We are also bound to our environment, to other living things, to nature, and to the universe. It is important to remember at this point that before we are social beings, we were conceived by nature and therefore will be bound to nature. If you need proof, you don't need to look far. Just look inside you. Your body and spirit long, long to connect with nature. Isn't it about time to listen? There are many ways to connect with nature. Walking in the park or seaside, touching or hugging the trunk of a tree, looking at the sunrise and sunset. From my experience and being a nature lover, just an early morning mindful walk around the river with a sense of gratitude for the beauty and all the natural gifts and resources nature provides for us to survive fills me with energy and enthusiasm to live a peaceful momentum and happy lifestyle. Believe me, speaking from experience, the moment you connect with nature, you will find energy and enthusiasm you never, never know you have within. So do something. Go out there and connect with nature in any way that fits your lifestyle. Do it now. Now, before I put a zip on my lip, here's a take-home message. If a genie came out of a lamb right now and told you she would grant you anything you wish for, what would it be? Share the answers with a supportive friend or family or DM me if you wish to share it. It's your choice. Finally, today you're alive. Today is all you have. 
Make the most of it. Make it momentum. Make it worth remembering. Because you, you are worth it. My name is Margaret Aberdeen. Tune in next week for another rocketing episode of Today I'm Alive. Share with your friends and family and follow us on Facebook and Instagram. To hire me for talks and events, please email me at info at margaretaberdeen.com. Today I'm alive. Today I'm alive. And I'm feeling good.